1: It is the uh, 14th of June, 2021. Summer hasn't even started yet, and it feels like it's already getting away from me. My God, the show comes to you each and every weekday at about the same time. From the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio, the Eric Zane Show podcast begins now.
2: Hey, this is Blue State Rob, and you're listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, a show hosted by a liberal Republican whose ancestry dates back to the small country of Armenia and fueled by bouts of anxiety and adult attention hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD.
3: It's not the best, but still better than radio. Anyway, here's your host, Eric Zane.
2: uh, It's a
1: matter of opinion. I don't know if it's better than radio. Maybe some of you think that. Uh, But welcome into the Eric St. Show podcast. This is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures Monday through Friday right here. It is uh, uh, seen and heard in several spots. I think I'm being seen and heard right now. Yes, it it appears it is good. Uh, Welcome to you all. You can catch it on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page. If you could, thumbs up and share that thing. I would appreciate that. Not to mention YouTube, Eric Zane Show on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Bell notification, thumbs up. Twitter, a Periscope video. Please retweet it with a snarky comment. That's awesome. Follow me on all those platforms too. It all helps. Instagram, Eric Zane Show on Instagram, brought to you by the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. And uh, also, if you ever need to email me any uh, correspondence, things you want to talk about, things, uh, may, hey, you're stupid. What are you doing? Come on, I can't believe you, you, you feel that way. Eric Zane Show. I'm sorry. Eric at Eric Zane Show is the email brought to you by my friends at shore li, uh, Shoreliner Striping. Okay. Sweep the parking lot, stripe the parking lot. And off you go. Uh, Kenny takes the quote on my shirt and uh, runs with it. I appreciate that. That's a great, great quote. That's, that keeps me centered, man. The days I keep my gratitude higher than my expectations, I have really good days. The words of Ray Wiley Hubbard. He is singer-songwriter type of dude. And uh, really, really good. Love that guy. Okay. Where to begin? I, th- there's been so much that has happened, um, and that it, it's kind of like bubbling under. I've just got—I don't, I don't even know what what direction that I want to—I I, I w- want to go to. I, I, I've written it all down, but kind of like all these things are shouting at me at once. But um, I, I am going to get to the story because it kind of a uh, uh, early part of the weekend. Everybody was sending me uh, uh, stories about the guy, the uh, lobster, the lobster diver off Cape Cod, who was uh, plucking lobsters off the bottom of the ocean, 45 feet down, and then the uh, humpback whale, 52-foot-long humpback whale. uh, Well, I don't even know how it happened, but he wound up in the thing's mouth, which I guess is um, something that is a complete accident. A humpback whale wants nothing to do with a guy in scuba gear these little teeny tiny fish or whatever they are, they kind of open their mouth and everything just kind of flies in there. The uh, thought is that the dude was kind of in the way and this was an accidental thing. And so the whale is like, what the hell is in my mouth? Oh my God, there's a big fucking thing in there. There's the dudes in the mouth of the whale, completely dark. Okay. So everybody and their mother sent me that story and I was really, really excited about it. And then, um, Dirk said, if you happen to get this guy on your show, uh, pick my brain because I have some experience in diving. I have questions. And so that was all it took to get me thinking, wow, uh, that would be something if I actually got this guy on the podcast. Well, I didn't get the guy who was in the uh, mouth of the whale on the podcast. But, but uh, there's a, there's a dude who, um, was probably 25 feet away, just minding his own business on the water on his own fishing boat named uh, Captain Joe. He's a charter fisherman, and he, you know, he takes customers out into the ocean. They go fishing. He was, he was right there, and the whale comes out of the water with the guy still in his mouth and spits the guy out. And Captain Joe goes, holy shit, uh, there's Mike. And sees him go flying through the air like a frisbee and land in the water. And he takes off, spins his boat around as the as the whale now is is, is submerging. And the guy's laying there go, like, oh, my God. Captain Joe helps pluck him out of the water. Well, I saw his name and I looked him up. And uh, this is on uh, Saturday. And I'm like, well, what the hell? will just try it. And Captain Joe. I go, hey, uh, I am. Would you? And uh, he... Right there, I said, can I talk to you? Like, for a few minutes right now. So, I, I can't run it up here. I, like, set up the phone. I recorded it. So, I've got it here, and I'm going to play it in a little bit. But, uh, so, I'm, I'm really, really uh, sto- stoked about that. And um, I call up Dirk. I go, dude, I got the guy. You plucked him out of the water. So, uh, holy shit. It's only about five minutes long, but the guy's a character. I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Okay, hope you all had a great, uh, great weekend. I know I did. I, uh, I married I married a, a sweet couple, uh, Janine and Kirk. I've known these two forever. Well, I've known Janine forever since I moved here to um, uh, West Michigan. There's been like this uh, gaggle of friends that we've all kind of like uh, palled around together, you know. And uh, uh, f- uh, right when we got here, she, uh, her and her, uh, and her husband, uh, they, they got divorced. This is one of those divorces where the two kind of um, are, are really still they 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 uh, work well together i guess uh, but uh, so I, I i love her husband i love her she's great but anyway she meets this dude named uh, kirk and then they ended up hitting it off a number of years ago and then well this was the big day to get married and they had asked me to marry them some time ago actually And it was supposed to happen like last year but the pandemic so this was it finally we're going to get this thing done now i have married people before so the second time i've done it i was supposed to do it with uh mitch the tarantula farmer and his lovely better half for their wedding in october but my mom passed away so everything went went south on that so this is the second time i've ever done it and um god uh i i don't man i just uh i i was nervous as hell but it it went off great because um i don't know it just uh it was just, uh, kind of like, a. It, it just happened to work out. Everything was, everything was cool. I enjoyed, uh, doing it. It was hot as hell. Oh my God. And this wasn't even the hot day. It was, uh, it, the day before Friday, it was like, oh my God, if it's anything like it is now. And, uh, the, the temperature dropped quite a bit, but wasn't bad at all, man. And, uh, good time had by all was happy to do that. So yeah, that was part of the weekend. Had a big cookout of the Eric Zancho podcast household this weekend. It was um, another, okay, I don't know how many times I've gone down this road, but I wanted to try it again, and that is cook on the stupid charcoal grill. Now, I will tell you this. I don't know what has happened to me and why I can no longer cook on charcoal because for the longest time I did, and I don't know what's changed. Um, I think the only thing that's changed is how I light the charcoal. Before, I used to use lighter fluid, soak them all, light it, boom, that's it, and you spread them around, you cook, that's it. This I uh, I have one of these things. It's a uh, it's metal. You put it in the grill. You put the charcoal on top of it. It gets about eight thousand degrees or whatever. They ignites the charcoal over a few minutes, and then boom, that's it. It's what what the hell does it matter? How it lights, you know. Um, but I have uh, gone round and round with this thing. This is a uh, Weber kettle grill, you know. And uh, okay, uh, I I put the uh, uh it, it gets they get all ashy, you know, ready to go. And then, um, I don't know, one thing or another happens. I put the food on, and then in like one second, uh, it, it's like the surface of the sun, and the flames are just attacking the food. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to burn the shit out of your chicken. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So I put the lid on it, and that extinguishes the flame, and then the smoke gets in there, and it's almost like a uh, a layer of moisture gets onto the coals, if I leave the lid on too long, it almost like extinguishes them. The temperature drops rapidly, so I have to lift the lid off. And then um, at this point, I don't know. It's I didn't make them individual pieces of charcoal. That the chicken was actually edible, but it just wasn't right to me. It um, I'm I'm just not getting it, and I I don't know how I've gotten so terrible at this but it is absolutely God awful. And it's pissing me off. And so, you know, I've had this damn, this grill for the past year. I got it for father's day last year. And everybody was, I said, yeah, I want a charcoal grill. So I get the damn charcoal grill. This thing. I can't, I can't, I'm terrible with it. And now, uh, yesterday they're like, Hey, we're, we're going to go and get you a gas grill. And I'm like, Oh fuck, you know, come on. So I don't know. I'm like, don't, don't even worry about it. I'll, I'll figure this out. You know, um, it's just bumming me I don't, I don't want anybody to spend the money on me i'm just like jesus let's just forget it father's day is coming up this weekend now i'm pretty stoked about this my 87 year old father father's days 87 years old i hate to say okay this i'm, I'm at this spot in my brain I am not going, I'm going to keep uh, a very uh, a close sight of this, and I'm not going to let this get away from me. And I, I I know this sounds weird, but I cannot let this Father's Day, I cannot take it for granted. And uh, Diana's like, well, it's Father's Day. Why don't we have the kids over? I'm like, yeah, well, I'm young, well, relatively. Uh, I want to go see my dad. That's what I want for Father's Day. If I mean, if it's my choice, I would choose. I want to go see my dad for Father's Day. I don't. I mean, it sounds weird. I know, and uh, he he and anybody who knows him might might say, "Oh, that sounds weird." I don't know how many more Father's Day I have with my dad. It's eighty seven. For God's sake. So, plan is we are taking the party to meatheads trying to get as many of this gang to go with me here to there and it is shish kebab bar shish kebab bar my dad loves shish kebab oh and i as you know i have the best shish kebab recipe on the planet homemade marinades uh, all the vegetables, I've got chicken, I've got the beef, I've got the shrimp. And, oh, my God, you, t- you, you get it all ready to go. You take And then I make the, uh, 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 what do you call it? What is that stuff called? Um, it's the rice dish, arboreal rice with onion. Um, son of a bitch. Risotto, that's it. I make this amazing risotto with the shish kebab, and he is going to lose his freaking mind. And so I informed. Him, I go, Dad, I, w- I want to do this. And uh, he's always saying, Well, what about the expense? It's gonna cost you gasoline to get here, guy. I'm like, Dad, what? Come on, no, just it, it's gonna be okay. It's it's not a big deal. This is gonna this is what I want to do for Father's Day. So hopefully you're planning something for your dad. Uh, uh you know, uh, if if your if your uh, beloved father is uh is is with you of course i sincerely hope so so here we go big weekend for that making the preparations we'll head across the great state of michigan to the the detroit area for a sunday event all right this weekend i went saturday on a field trip saturday morning to this tremendous place called harbor humane and i posted the video of it on facebook I recorded a video, I sat down here early Sunday and made the video after I got all the footage together of these dogs and cats. And Oh, my God, it was great. It's about a 10-minute video. I shot a bunch of footage, I narrated it, and uh, I think you, you'd want to check it out. It's a lot of fun. You get to see this one cat called Gollum. And if you've ever seen the film, the any of the Lord of the Rings movies, that, that little fucking guy who's always after the ring, my precious, you know that dude? That's what this cat looks like. That is not a flattering name for a cat, but the cat has no fur, looks like a big bag of hell. It's a kitten. It's eight weeks old. And oh and this is uh the cat is recovering from ringworm. And it will make a full recovery. And what they need to do there at Harbor Humane is every day take a photograph of Gollum as he continues to progress. And he is gonna live. I mean, he's out of the woods. The cat is on the is on the comeback trail, okay? But There was a time when this cat was, holy shit, they found it in a freaking dumpster, this kitty. Baby cat, some asshole. Just the idea that someone said, here you go, here's the trash, and throws a kitten in a dumpster. And it was found in Texas. Somehow it finds its way to West Olive, Michigan, off US 31. And here I am. I mean, to, to think that eight weeks ago, some sick son of a bitch threw a cat into a dumpster. Damn it. It just makes me sad. Here I am looking at this cat, and the cat's like, ah! It's got like what, three hairs on its entire body. And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be some significant time till the cat is, uh, is recovered completely, but that's what they do there. So if you get a minute, uh, check out the video. Speaking of which, yesterday, just before bedtime, sitting there in the uh, kitchen area of the house, and something catches uh, uh, my uh, attention out of the corner of my eye. I look at the damn deck. And there's another cat. A black cat is there looking around. It's Blackbeard the Pirate. We haven't seen Blackbeard the Pirate in forever. He's a stray. He's visiting. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So what did I do? You know, I mean, it would probably be a good idea just to leave the cat alone. He'll find his way. You know, don't feed him. Did I feed him? Yes. Is he going to come back every night now? Yes. Do we have another cat? Yes. I'll keep him outside. Uh, Also in that video, you must, at the beginning of it, the... um, feral cat community that they have at harbor humane is awesome they got 80 cats there and they they don't want anything to do with going into anyone's home it's these cats that are dropped off ferals they uh spay or neuter them and then they feed them and then they give them water it's it's a commune okay and it's awesome if you ever want to adopt a mouser you go there because if you got like a barn and you're like ah let's get rid of the mice here let's get these cats get a couple of these mousers these mouse mouser cats, and they're just going to lay waste to the mouse population. Holy crap. So that was a good time. Glad to be part of all of that, and glad to have you here. Hope you had a good weekend. All right. Uh, Josh says, you know that Gollum will be at Eric's soon, probably. Chris says it was an awesome video. The feral cats, they were just like kind of like, ah, right, here we come, it's time to eat. Because this one hippie dude comes out with the fucking... With the bowls of food and the cat's like, yes, he's here. Fuck yes, love this guy, man. Uh, Kate says, that poor cat looks like death. Yeah, he's been worse, though. Gollum will, will, uh, will recover. Okay. So welcome to each and every one of you. Dirk says, I've got a Weber gas grill with a temperature gauge on the front that's easy to cook on. I got that too, man. But it's not supposed to say 700 degrees. Oh, I can't. It's either too cold or too hot. I just suck at it. I struggle so mightily. Oh, God. All right. Andrea says, we need a mouser. Go to Harbor Humane and get one. Hang on. I got to drink up. I'm very, very uh, optimistic about a couple of things. Uh, one thing in particular is, uh, I think I've turned the corner completely on this damn poison Ivy. All right. It, th- this has been a a long fight. Jesus. I did not, uh, whew. um, I am still taking this, uh, drug called prednisone and, uh, it's, I've got about another week's worth of, uh, of it. And what they do is you start you out on like uh, six of these little pills. I think they're 10 or 20 milligrams per and man, that that shit has changed my life, and it and, and well, it's it's gotten helped me get rid of the poison ivy. But man, does it fuck with your brain? Um, I have a couple of bouts of anxiety, and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who said that you might that that might actually happen. It's kind of the devil. Uh, but then you take two days with the six pills, and then two days with the five pills, two days with four pills, and I just finished up. Today was first day with just three pills. So my dose is dropping. And it couldn't come soon enough because this shit is terrible. Um, yes, it it, uh, it get, gets rid of um, what my problem is with the poison ivy, but the it's it, it, too jittery, too nervous. Uh, do not sleep well at night. I just lay there for hours on end. On Saturday night, I did not fall asleep until three thirty or four in the morning. Okay. Thomas Lucas is from the Jersey Shore. I see that's kind of a new name. How are you on the Jersey Shore, Thomas? Welcome. Welcome in. So the prednisone makes me feel like shit, and I'm laying there. I'm like, fuck. So, uh, and uh, uh, also I see, hold on a second. I, <laughs> I was warned that this was going to happen. Uh, uh, the Patriot Nick and Dean said that there would be a, gen- a gentleman, I believe it's a gentleman, from the uh, great country of Sweden. I would be enjoying the show. Uh, it, the name as it says T R A T T. I believe that is Trot, 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 and it's F N A T T. Now, F and N is not a combination of letters that we can use here in the United States. One of those things does not belong. So, if the last name is F N A T T, there is no way we can go. Fn- fnat, is it fnat? Well then there would need to be an I between the F and the N. So can you write that down phonetically? And, uh, and this sweet person from Sweden wrote bork bork. That's right, we have a representative from the amazing country that brought us Greta Tunberg. Hey, uh, Trot, if you see that stupid little bitch, tell her to fuck off. Uh, it, it's not his real name. It's a fake name. Doesn't make sense in Sweden either. All right. Very good. You know, some of the world's greatest hockey players are from the country, uh, world's greatest hockey players are from the country of Sweden. So welcome. Nick says he hates Greta. Perfect. That's probably the first question anybody asks you whenever they discover that you're from Sweden. They used to want to know about like, you know, uh, Peli Lindberg Lindbergh or, or Nick Lidstrom or something like that. But no, it's it's fucking Greta Thunberg because that stupid little bitch. The name might be uh, Haas? H-A-S? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to call you. But anyway, welcome. Glad you're here. I don't know. I'm not even sure how you stumbled upon the group. I think you were on the Zaniac Zoom with Patriot Nick, so that's cool. Another representative from another country. I appreciate that. All right. So that Madison's driving me nuts. Welcome uh, to, uh, to everybody here. Now, I also have to, um, I- I'm feeling fairly good because yesterday or last week was the first week that I was able to get all of my planned runs in for my race when I'm taking on the one and only Michael Ball. A lot of shit talking has been going on. Mike is in great shape and is, uh, is planning on uh, uh, kicking my ass on October 17th for the Grand Rapids half marathon. Now, you got to start somewhere. For the first time in a long time, I was able to get runs in Monday through Saturday. It wasn't easy, but I managed. Um yeah there was even times when i was like eh, maybe i should just skip it and i was like fuck that i cannot miss days if i miss days it's just gonna set me back even further i have got to catch up to this guy so we are um i believe the start of the 16 week training program begins on the 27th of june today is the 14th so i've got I got a couple of weeks of pre-training before I can actually get after it for a full 16 weeks of half marathon training. Uh, Mike has given me tons of shit. We will I think he's doing a great job of motivating me. I appreciate that. Keep it up. Keep it up. And God help you. God help you if I kick your ass. Will I? Probably not. Probably not. But, I I mean, I got one week down of solid effort. And uh, for me, see, Mike's putting in probably 50, 60-mile weeks right now. I put in a 17-mile week. What I do in one week is what he does in pretty much one day on his long run because he is training for – he trains for Ironman races, okay? Swim, bike, run, 140-whatever-the-fucking-miles uh, it is. Um, So – All right, my work is cut out for me, but I feel good. One week in the books, back at it today. Okay. Nate says, I'm not worried. Old champs are still champs. Tyler says, Eric Zane's race for the fat cure. Kate says, you got this, Eric. I appreciate that, Kate somebody's got to have some faith in me so does nate all right we'll get there okay folks we're going to get into this story about the guy who got eaten by the whale or uh, well, it was in the whale's mouth michael packard is his name we're going to hear from him we're going to hear from the guy that i spoke to captain joe plucked him out of the water cannot wait for you to hear this uh as we get started on the show i do want to remind you that as father's day is approaching we are just about a week away a little under Uh, Remember me for Cameo. I would love to wish your father a happy Father's Day on Cameo from you. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane is where you go for this. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. It's a lot of fun. I can make it as uh, sweet and kind or as as salty as you you want me to make it. TC Paintball in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I just had the tarantula farmer say, hey, when the hell are we going to – uh do the paintball event in august it's a great question uh rick Mm. when are we going to do that i don't know i'm not sure sometime in august maybe i got it on a text message it's been a while we are uh, having a paintball event coming up in August. I saw that the tarantula farmer actually was um, went out to uh, TC Paintball this past weekend. So that is cool. Very, very cool. Glad you did that. Um, let's see. Where are we? May. We did the May one. And when are we doing? I don't know. I thought I knew, but I don't. Uh, We will be meeting in August at TC Paintball. And if you want to book a party at TC Paintball, tcpaintballgr.com. Could be a bachelor party. Could be just the neighborhood kids hanging out, team building at work, uh, whatever you need. One fee covers you everything. The paint, the gun, the mask, the field time. If you want extras, like maybe a little bit more body armor, something to go over your clothes, you don't get paint all over them, that's fine. Fully stocked pro shop. The authority in uh anything you need for paintball and you know what the thing is once you get there and you have some fun you might open up a pandora's box it's like i love this man i know we've had that happen with a couple of our great zaniacs and uh fans of the show and friends so thank you so much tcpaintballgr.com for all of your fun it's something great to do uh especially the kids who kind of like you know sometimes you get a young kid who might you know not be into sports I mean, not every kid is into that, but you know, the, let, let's be honest here: the the movement, the getting out, the um, uh, problem solving, things like that um, that that all helps a kid. But if they're not into sports, what are you going to do? They only like to play video games. Well, how about if you merge the two? Uh, you know, all the fun you can have while playing like a first person shooter video game, but actually in real life, as you're as you're dodging the paint pellets that are flying at you for God's sake. Um, that is that is so much fun, and it is a thrill of a lifetime to actually participate in paintball like that. So there you go, tcpaintballgr.com. Get those kids out. Get them moving. A great time. Outdoor adventures at TC Paintball. Thank you to Rick. Meanwhile, talking a uh, a our mortgage professional on the show, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Not able to serve mortgages in Sweden yet. Sweden yet, Sweden, but, uh, Bork, Bork, maybe in the future. 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Can service, uh, anybody in any state except for South Carolina, Maine, Alaska, and Hawaii. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, whether it's your first mortgage or your 10th, do consider reaching out to Mario for, uh, for anything you need concerning a mortgage. And I'm not just saying, all right, yeah, just go and call him sight unseen and hire him. uh, Pick his brain, talk to him, interview him. And I want you to do that with anyone else in your who you know, maybe a cousin or an uncle. But I think ultimately uh, Mario will win the business because of, um, well, just how professional he is and awesome. And he supports the show. So uh, keep that in mind. Thank you so much to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage 231. Three three two sixty five zero five all right, dude, dude, go into the whale story. I've heard about it, but I've yet to hear the story. What the fuck happened? all right, let's start, Thomas. this guy was um, Michael Packard was uh, he's been um, a lobster diver for like forty five years or forty years, and the next thing he knows he's in the mouth of a fifty two foot humpback whale. WBZ in Boston covered it and even talked to the guy, so listen to this.
3: And spit out by a whale off of Provincetown. Provincetown fire officials tell us that the diver was 45 feet down when the whale grabbed him. The whale then surfaced and let that diver, Michael Packard, go. He was then pulled back onto his boat and brought to shore. CBSN Boston was the only camera there as the diver left the hospital no one can tell a story like Michael himself.
4: I'm a lobster diver out of Provincetown, Massachusetts. And uh, I was diving today. I jumped over, and I got down to about 45 feet of water. And all of a sudden, I just felt this huge bump. And everything went dark. And I could sense that I was moving. And I was like, oh my God, did I just get bit by a shark? And then I felt around and I realized- Every, uh, every single time
1: there's a great interview, there's always some dickhead in a fucking dump truck who, who shows up at the last second, puts it in reverse.
4: And I had felt really no great pain. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm in a whale's mouth. And I'm in a whale's mouth and he's trying to swallow me. And I thought to myself, okay, this is it. This is, I finally, I'm gonna die. And I thought about my kids and my life. I really, there was no getting out of it And all of a sudden, uh, went up to the surface
1: by the way yeah the the whole point of like oh my god and he's all like cramped and he has the ability to discern this is not a shark because i can't feel any sharp teeth that not, nothing's going into me okay so uh you know d- just that whole realization is really really remarkable
4: just erupted and started shaking his head and i just got thrown in the air and landed in the water and i was free and i just floated there and and I was just, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I got out of that. And I'm here to tell it, and I thought my legs were broken, but I'm all bruised up, and uh, I made it.
0: What were you thinking when you were
4: in the grasp of this whale, yeah. Other than you're gonna die? It, it was happening so fast, I, my only thought was, how to get out of that mouth and i realized there was no overcoming a a beast of that size that he was going to do with me what he wanted to do and it was either, either he spit me out or he swallowed me and and i didn't and i was i was actually in his mouth probably a good 30 seconds but i still had my regulator in my mouth i was still breathing wow and i was just wondering actually one of the things that went through my mind is just oh my god what if he does swallow me and here i am i'm breathing air wow i'm gonna breathe in this whale's mouth until my air runs out. (laughs) crazy stuff did the fisherman come by and help you when you got spit out well when i dive for lobsters my mate he follows my bubbles and so he was right next to me and he saw the whale come up and throw me out and he pulled right over and then another boat uh, helped carry me and pulled me into the boat.
3: What an incredible story. So thankful that he's okay.
1: All right so he talked about his mate follows the bubbles Uh, and then he said another boat pulled up. That's Captain Joe. Captain Joe was interviewed on another uh, news station, you know, a typical grizzled captain of a fishing boat. And uh, so I looked him up and sure enough, there's this number I, I called. And he actually picked it up. So first I was like, uh, this is Saturday morning. I'm like, can I... Uh, can I talk to you on the podcast Monday? He goes, no, I got a full day. I'm out at 6 a.m. I'm out till 6 at night. I got clients and taken out to go fishing. I go, okay, well, no, no problem. I'll just uh, sit down and record it right now. How's that sound? He goes, no problem at all. So this is me talking to the guy who who saw the whale surface and go and spit the dude out, and he goes flying. So this is me talking to Captain Joe for about four or five minutes. Uh, here you go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am uh, blessed to be joined by Captain Joe from Real Easy Fishing, uh, charters off of uh, Cape Cod there. Uh, uh, Captain Joe, you pulled uh, Mike out of the water, isn't that right?
2: That's correct, yes. Yep.
1: Okay. Now, uh, at, at, when, when you saw the whale break, did you, you had no idea at the point that he had uh, uh, Mike in his mouth, correct?
2: Let me tell you the a quick version of what, 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 how I was involved. I was talking to Mike on the phone about five minutes before it happened, and I was had a cu- customer's out, I had two fishing rods on, and I was pulling up towards Mike's boat, and I saw this uh, lot of frothy white water up right on the bow of his boat, and I'm going, what the heck is that? It can't be a whale. They don't act like that. I thought maybe it was a shark that they got a seal or something. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Then I saw the fluke of the whale. Going, oh, that's a whale. And then I saw Mike come flying out of the water, feet first, with his flippers on. I go, that's Mike. So I said, he's in trouble. He said, get people, let's get these rods in quick. In the meantime, I saw Mike's boat coming over to pick him up. And I could hear Mike hollering and screaming in pain. So I wow. got over to him. And I went alongside his boat, my boat. And my customers held the two boats together. I jumped on Mike's boat. He had all his equipment I knew the guy his mate couldn't get him out of the water by himself had, we had all we could do get two of us to get him out he laid him down on deck got his flippers off his mask off and he goes Joe Joe I was in the mouth of that whale I was in the mouth of that whale Joe. I, it's, I, he, he just he he was in like mild shot yeah as I could tell yeah, yeah.
1: and yeah. and they I was reading in the account of him like he they, this sensation of instant total darkness and the compression. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you guys have seen everything that the sea has to offer up to this point. Had you ever <laughs> had, you, had you ever heard of anything like this other than like Jonah and the whale? No, I haven't.
2: No, no, nothing.
1: Now, if as I'm understanding, a humpback whale, it kind of this is something it doesn't want. A humpback uh, whale is not is not known for any any uh, of of eating people like this. If I'm understanding no, correctly,
2: oh they don't they don't generally feed on things that big. They feed on like mackerel. Uh, herring at the biggest, but sand eels, small, they're a lot smaller fish. They corral them, you know, and then come up in the middle and feed on them. They right. don't, they never, no, no, they are known not for that at all. Um,
1: when uh, when 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 Mike said I was in the mouth of the whale, did you think like just a little bit, or did you did you even uh, b- begin uh, to?
2: I, I didn't say much. I just listened. I was like, oh my god, like you know, maybe more little, maybe a little more explicit language, but I don't recall because yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm worried about him taking it easy, and you
1: know. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I was watching on uh, WBZ, they were talking about, they, they they, show him getting out of the car and he's still got his hospital scrubs on. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> I love this guy. I mean, he's in the mouth yeah. of a whale. He survives a plane crash. He's, he's walking around with a cigarette in his mouth. I mean, this guy, he... True story, a few years before this guy survived a plane crash. I forgot that part. Holy fuck, the guy survived a plane crash a few years ago. He, this, is, this is true... <laughs> uh uh cape cod right here this is true east coast what we're talking about this is like in that that movie jaws you know the uh (laughs) uh the 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 one guy who was uh you know the uh uh who who had the uh, boat you know and he's like talking about the the uss indianapolis i forget the key he's like that guy man this is incredible (laughs) <laughs> oh jesus you guys well,
2: uh, when, you, when you don't pay attention in school that's what you got to do my friend
1: yeah boy it is
2: uh, it's it's quite
1: a it's, it's quite a life i am just so glad that uh, he's okay it was an incredible story it's uh, th- this guy is uh, you know if you think about it now he's he he wants to just get back in the water and get back to uh, um uh, uh, grabbing lobsters out of the water if i if i understand yeah, this correctly
2: he's the kind of guys that make america great
1: yeah i love that is that a, is that a trump thing <laughs>
2: you, you, you tell me brother
1: <laughs> uh, look at you all right well i tell you what captain joe uh, you're 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 part of a wonderful story it's great and i i wish you nothing but the best and thank you for the time okay
2: let me tell you when cnn called me this morning if i had a block i was gonna wear my trump 2020 oh hat. look at you
1: look at you, you hey the hey, kind, hey, kind of guy i am
2: did you did
1: you uh, storm the capitol
2: No, I didn't, but I wouldn't have minded.
1: What the hell? All right, Joe. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. I'm a redneck. All right, take it easy. All right, buddy. See ya. Bye-bye. There you go. How about that guy, Captain Joe? Oh, shit. This story. I love the fact that he sounded like Patriot Nick. I'll get your fucking skirt
0: off and chug that fucking beer, dude. (laughs) Let's get this fucking show on the road, bud. Come on, guy. (laughs)
1: Come on, guy. Oh. Oh my God. Oh God. That was, uh, I, I can't imagine that. It's just if you, because you know, if you just sit still for 30 seconds, when you're, when you're moving around and you're doing something that's not a lot of time, but just sit still for 30 seconds and think about that. You're in the mouth of a whale for that long. Oh, whew tough this dude and uh yeah now he's uh and that i, I reached when i was talking to captain uh captain joe That i go hey can you give me mike's number because i can't do that chug that fucking beer guy come on guy um but uh that that's all right this guy's just uh just a legend wow okay Um, I do want to remind you that if you, uh, work for the man or you are the woman or or the man or whatever, I can uh, put you on my podcast for a lot less than you think. If you want to advertise on the Eric Zancho podcast, please reach out to me. Just drop me a line. Eric at com. It's that simple. And, uh, you can be part of the army of sponsors that make things happen and keep me doing this. It has been now over two and a half years since the last radio gig and uh this is working out pretty well i love this very much it is uh enjoyable uh, it gives me an outlet and uh yeah anything uh, anything i can do to help keep that happening uh i will i will continue to do this for as long as i can eric at eric dot com. everything is a handshake deal and uh you can be in front of thousands of people each and every week by just signing up for my podcast. It's about a tenth of the cost of radio with just the same amount of reach. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. Eric at ericsaintshow.com. That doesn't cost you anything, obviously. It's just me telling you how it works. Like my uh, longtime sponsors, A&E, Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Joe Martinez and his growing business. It was just him driving around. In a truck that said uh, A&E Heating and Cooling. Now he has two vehicles and a number of employees because of the growth of his business. And it's kind of like his uh, growth has has been uh, at about the same time that he started marketing on the show. He's probably one of my best success stories, and I'm just so happy to have him on board. For just $79, you can get your AC tuned up, and you can do that any time of the year. I would recommend you doing it sooner, though, so that to avoid problems, you should have the AC and the furnace checked out once a year. So you'll see Joe twice a year. If uh, you need more work done, he can take care of that for you. If it's, uh, uh, you know, maybe a retrofit, maybe you need to have a new install going on, uh, new new construction and a new comfort maker furnace installed, A&E, heating and cooling. 616-516-8579. Get a brand new AC unit installed and get a Remy Halo air cleaner installed for free. What is that? Well, it it installs inside of your uh, blower, inside of the home. Uh, I think it's called the plenum. I've been saying it wrong before, but the the plenum, where the air goes through, and it cleans the air with ultraviolet light, so it gets rid of all these uh, harmful uh, particles that could be floating through your home, bacteria, pathogens, viruses, including COVID. That will be installed for free when you get a new AC unit from A and E heating and cooling, and go ahead and get a couple of other estimates from anyone else in the industry where you live in West Michigan. As long as the third one is Joe Martinez, he will beat uh, anyone else's prices. While I'm at it, the best in the business in West Michigan for repairing cars is Irvine's auto repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. If you're in West Michigan, They are just off of 44th Street, a few blocks east of 131 Street called Stafford. Find them, 616-532-6600. You can call them up as well. Servicing domestic, Asian, and European models. And the absolute best in the business. A uh, tried and true trusted source to getting your vehicles repaired. Okay. Top of the line. Let's put it this way. All the dealerships in town, when they really cannot solve a problem, they take the cars that they're supposed to be repairing to Irvine's, especially hybrids and EVs. 616-532-6600 for Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV, and online at er. That's ervines.com. Don't just take my word for it. Look at their Google reviews. Absolutely awesome. Uh, I missed this last week. It actually, the story broke on Thursday. I should have talked about it Friday, but I was super busy and I missed it. But it's well worth bringing up. Okay. You have to remember, in the past year, there's been uh, numerous instances of people doing things that they shouldn't be doing on Zoom. So they're whatever having a meeting, or whatever, and then something weird happens. Somebody there's been people that's just been doing crazy shit on Zoom, get caught, and then their whole life explodes. Jeffrey Tubin, I believe he's a legal uh, correspondent for CNN and the New Yorker magazine. Tubin, if you remember, was in a Zoom meeting with some of his colleagues at the New Yorker. I don't know what they were having a meeting about. It doesn't matter. And then he the next thing you know, uh the story breaks that he whips out his dick and starts to masturbate in front of all of the people on the Zoom. Okay. He is fired from the New Yorker. That's about all I could tell you about him. Well, he's back. CNN never fired him. And I have watched this in, this whole interview twice. And I will say this. This may be I mean the guy did not know he was his camera was on. What he thought happened was he um he was doing the uh the zoom and then he thought he ended his uh, he, he like blocked they shut the camera down and did not think he was being videoed. And then he, he had a moment where he decided, all right, now now's a good time as any. And he took care of business. Problem is, everybody's watching him. Oh, my God. So let me just say that if that were me, like if I got done with this podcast today and decided, hey, now's a good time, and, uh, and it, my camera was still on, you would never, ever, ever... See me again. I would, um, you remember like in uh, Breaking Bad when Walter White would, would, would bug out and he went to like Alaska or something like that? I would probably do that and just, you know, work odd jobs. I'd sell my house. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to get a whole new set of friends. I'd, I'd, I'd just witness relocation. You, you just, there's so much screwed up about that. And, um, He's back now, and I think he has done a marvelous job explaining himself. I think he's 100% honest here, and he is, in this clip that I'm about to play for you, it's one of his colleagues in CNN. I don't know who it is. She's doing a story about uh, gun control in California, and she she finishes up, okay, and so uh, uh, Gavin Newsom and uh, AR-15s, and uh, here to uh, weigh in on this is Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, hi, Jeffrey. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about you masturbating on the Zoom call. This is exactly how this went. And so for extended time, he explains himself. And I think he's I think he's done it. I think he saved it because I listened to his words. And it's not like I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here going to judge this guy anyway for, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think. He's really calm in explaining himself here, and I think he's navigated it. Now, I'm just i I'm really marveling at this because, again, the extreme embarrassment. You whipped your dick out, and all these people saw it. I think the only thing that is, is, uh, is keeping it from being so that he can come back is that it wasn't like broadcast to the whole world. The whole world didn't see him whip out his crank. But that actually happened. And here he is talking with his colleague from CNN, and they're welcoming him back here. But the what they have to do is they have to, I guess, um, part of his return is this moment. He has to explain himself. So this is it. Check it out.
3: You'll remember the judge, Roger Benitez, compared AR-15 rifles used in countless mass shootings.
1: And this is like eight and a half minutes. This takes a little while, but I was riveted by this.
3: To Swiss Army Knives. Let's bring in CNN chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin to talk about this and more. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello, Alison. It's been a while. It has been a
0: while, indeed.
3: I feel like we should address um, what's happened in the months since we've seen you, since some of our viewers may not know what has happened. So uh, I guess I'll recap. I'll do the honors.
1: (laughs) Help yourself. Okay, It's Um, so awkward. This is
3: incredible. This
1: is amazing television for me. I mean, I was riveted by this because he's looking her in the face, and she's asking him about masturbating on a Zoom.
3: Oh, my God. In October... You were on a Zoom call with your colleagues from The New Yorker magazine. Everyone took a break for several minutes, during which time you were caught masturbating on camera. Uh, You were subsequently fired from that job after 27 years of working there. And you, since then, have been on leave from CNN. Do I have all that right?
0: Um, You got it all right. Sad to say. Okay. Kenny says, why did she
1: bring it up? This is part of the return. This is all... Because if they didn't address it, you know, uh, I, I think this is a good thing, actually. So I think that this is actually a good thing that they're discussing it. And listen to him explain this.
3: And So let's start there. Okay. Um, to quote Jay Leno. What the hell were you thinking?
0: Well, obviously, uh, I wasn't thinking very well or very much, and um, it was something that was inexplicable to me. I think one point, I, I wouldn't exactly say in my defense because nothing is really in my defense, I didn't think I was on the call. I didn't think other people could see me. You so, thought
3: that you had turned off your camera.
0: Correct. I thought that I had turned off the Zoom call. Now that's not a defense. This was deeply moronic and indefensible. But I mean that—that that is part of that. That is part of the story. Um, and you know, I have spent the seven subsequent months, miserable months in my life. I can certainly. Confess. Um trying to be a better person. I mean in therapy. Okay, hold on. If you
1: think your camera is off, you have no intent. Now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give them the benefit of the doubt that this was a mistake about like to the level of I thought my camera was off and I was having a private moment. I don't think I need therapy and all this shit is necessary. I mean, let's, it's a, that is, that is between him and him only. And if those eyes see him and he didn't mean to do it, and I am going to give him benefit of the doubt because I listened to this whole thing twice. And I think he's telling the truth. I don't think he, I don't think that there is any way that someone who has spent his whole life, uh, uh, you know, advancing his career is suddenly just going to do something terrible like this. And there's, there's, uh, he talks about his long extent. He's never had any issue ever, and he talks about that too. So I don't think this whole business I about mean, therapy and all that is uh, is just is just stupid.
0: Trying to do some public service, um, working in a food bank, which I certainly am going to continue right to do. Bank. Working on a new book about the Oklahoma City bombing, but I am trying to become the kind of person that people can trust again.
3: I'm yeah, sure you. Replay- I, I would trust him. He's a, he's a very bright man that embarrassing moment over and over many times Um, have you ever thought about what it must have been like to be on the receiving end of that zoom call Um,
0: well I I haven't just thought about it I spoken to several of my former colleagues at the New Yorker about it and you know they uh, were shocked and appalled Um, I think they realized that this was not intended for them i think they realized that this was um something that i would immediately regret as as i certainly did and it was then it was that day that i began apologizing and that is something that i have tried to continue to do uh, both publicly and privately you know we've covered a lot of political scandals and we've heard what i like to think of as the politician apology which is you know i'm sorry if you were offended Um, Which always sounds to me like I've said the words now get off my back. That's exactly what I've tried not to do. I mean, I have tried and I'm trying now to say how sorry I am sincerely in 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 all seriousness above all i am sorry to my wife and to my family but i'm also sorry to the people on the zoom call i'm sorry to my former colleagues at the new yorker i'm sorry to my current fortunately still colleagues at, at cnn and i'm sorry to the people who read my work and who watched me on cnn and who, who thought i was a better person than oh this. come and on so you know
1: come on uh, yeah i think he's being way too hard on himself i mean uh... <laughs> I thought I was a better person. You you it was this was not intentional, you know what I mean?
0: I got a lot to rebuild, but I feel very privileged and very lucky that I'm going to be able to try to do that.
3: I mean, one of the ironies of this whole incident is that for decades you have covered the bad judgment and sexual proclivities of public figures and politicians oh, like Bill Clinton and Anthony Weiner and Ele- Yeah,
1: but these those all involve other people. He was he thought he was by himself.
3: Spitzer and Donald Trump and I could go on. And so, you know, of course it begs the question, why didn't you have better judgment?
0: Because I didn't have better judgment because I'm a flawed human being who makes mistakes and um, I you know, I, there is no defense for my conduct the only issue is what should be the consequences and the New Yorker made one decision about the consequences CNN made uh, made a different decision fortunately for which I'm very grateful but I am not going to come up here and like split you know split hairs and try to come up with justifications or explanations it was wrong it was stupid and I'm trying to be a better person
3: I do want to get to what the New Yorker decision was and the right. consequences
1: the only way he's a better person. I mean, that, I mean, seriously, he's making it seem like he did something that is like uh, just so unbelievable. Okay, if she said, "Well, are you?" If she at this point said, "Are you still masturbating?" Can you imagine if she asked him that?
3: Consequences. So, after you had worked there for twenty-seven years, mm-hmm. um, you were fired. They said after an internal investigation, and in an internal memo. Okay, this
1: is important because it talks about all of his time at at the. Uh, at the New Yorker publication. And the right.
3: consequences. So after you had worked there for 27 years, mm-hmm. um, you were fired. They said after an internal investigation and in an internal memo, one of the executives there said, uh, I am writing to share with you that our investigation regarding Jeffrey Tubin is complete. And as a result, he is no longer affiliated with our company. Do you know what else they found?
0: I do. Actually, I was told very specifically by the people involved that um, they looked at my entire career at at the New Yorker, you know, 27 years and found that there had been no complaints about me, no issues, no other, you know, this was not the straw that broke the camel's back. It was just this incident. And I was certainly relieved, though not surprised that that's what they found. And I
1: actually, you know, when it comes to the firing of him by the by the New Yorker, I get it. I, uh, you know, and I I, um, he thinks it's a little bit excessive, but I don't know. I mean, those people you, you have to. uh you have to consider the fact that those people did see that, and though you did fuck up, people can be fired for fuck ups. I mean, if you fuck up too much or do one great big fuck up, you can be fired. So I don't, I don't have a fault. I don't have a fault with, I don't have a fault with them firing them. I don't have a fault with uh, CNN taking him back. I don't have a
0: problem with any of this, really. Uh, but yet, nevertheless, they made the decision to get rid of me. Which, needless to say, was heartbreaking for
3: me. So you're saying there will be no surprises after this that will come out.
0: <laughs> you will not whip out
1: your dick at another point.
0: <laughs> I, uh, there are no surprises out there.
1: And he's kind of half smiling through all of this. I like his approach here. He's actually doing a very good job. When it comes to, I've never, I'd never heard of Jeffrey Tubin before this, okay, ever. Um, or maybe I did, but he was just kind of like there. I didn't, I didn't, I don't follow. But I'll say this his handling of this his approach he's very calm he's measured in the words and what he's saying and he's you know he's he's kind of owning it here i don't have a problem with any of this
0: uh about my conduct that i'm worried that 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 there is like a there's a skeleton that's going to be found um you know, I, I look, I, I live in the world. I know social media and what what the reactions are likely to be. I assume I hope they will be at least mixed. But uh, and so people can claim what they want. But I don't think there is any um, anything further that's going
3: to come out. Do you think, given that, that the punishment fits the crime? you know i'm i
0: am the worst person to ask that question i mean i know i mean obviously i i loved the new yorker i loved working there i i felt like i was a very good contributor to that magazine for a very long time and i thought this punishment was excessive but look i you know that's why they don't ask the uh criminal to be the to be the judge in his own case i mean i um, I thought it was an excessive punishment. I am incredibly grateful. To- you
1: know, though, it, it, it may be, but at the same time, that's a big organization. And uh, if, if any one of those people who saw you doing that, for whatever reason, further down, the, they could possibly sue the New Yorker um, if they didn't fire you. So, yeah, it, it's, I, 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 I understand
0: cnn for for taking me back but i you know other people are going to weigh in about whether it was appropriate for them to get rid of me and for cnn to keep me
3: other people have weighed in
0: yes indeed
3: um late night talk shows have had a field day but you know what how about
0: two segments on Saturday Night Live about me. That's that's like... Anyway. I'm
3: How sorry, unpleasant was that? Or whatever. What, did it, it you was, see it? Did you watch I, it? I
0: actually did not watch it. I I, I I sort of read transcripts and I guess I saw a little YouTube of it. So you did watch it? He
1: says, no, I didn't watch it. I just read the transcripts and watched it on YouTube. <laughs> um,
0: you know, I... I try i i've you know one thing about all this is i've never thought of myself even when i was a prosecutor as someone who was a particular hard ass who was someone who was like wanted to punish everyone to the maximum extent of the law and and also you know as a journalist i i have been aware that you know not every crime deserves the death penalty so i i don't think there's a lot of hypocrisy involved in a claim for leniency on my part but it is true that, you know, people had fun with this, and I am enough a person in the world to know, you know, people were gonna have fun with it.
3: Well, I mean, on that note, even O.J. Simpson took a swipe at you. This is this um, great, this is And, great. you know, I think that it could be unpleasant to be the butt of jokes, obviously, and so I'm wondering if you think that that will somehow color your legal analysis in the future. I,
0: I, you know, I really don't think so. You know, my dad used to say something. He used to say, you can judge a person by their enemies. And if my enemy is O.J. Simpson, that is okay with me.
3: (laughs) Well, Jeffrey, um, on that note, should we move on to the news? (laughs) Sure, let's go. Okay. (laughs) Let's do that. California. You heard me. Uh, Oh,
1: God. Now they got to move on to the next topic. Oh, Jesus. Well, I got that out of the way. Oh, shit. That is... uh... That is something. Ooh. Mm. Jeffrey Tube. Welcome back, buddy. Welcome back. All right. Oh, it's going to be a short podcast today. I'm already running out of things to talk about. I do want to get to this. Um, I talked at the end of last week quite extensively about the situation at the University of Michigan. I, I, I want to provide a little bit of follow-up to that. Uh, if, if you missed any of that, for quite some time, there's been people coming out of the woodwork saying that this doctor, uh, Dr. Anderson, had been um, uh, molesting people, student athletes, for years. And hundreds of people have joined a lawsuit. That that story never really caught on. Nobody was ever really interested. That that it that didn't just emerge the other day. It wasn't until Bo Shembeckler's son, Matt, came out and said, I also was molested. Then the world started paying attention because of the name Shembeckler. That Shembeckler knew. Bo knew, according to Matt, that uh that the dude was up to no good and that Matt says that he then went over Bo's head at a a very young age and said, hey, my dad won't do anything about this, but this guy molested me. They fired the doctor, and then Matt says that Bo lobbied to get him back and and did get him back, which led to continued assaults for years and decades and decades. And we heard all that gut-wrenching testimony from these former athletes who uh, came out of the woodwork and said in that press conference that I played the audio from saying, yeah, this is, this is terrible. It's affected my life forever. And it, it was, it was really tough to listen to. Um, and I, I was listening to, uh, uh, the, uh, Drew and Mike show and Drew actually said, he goes, yeah. And, and that's one of the things he pointed out. He goes, this is, this isn't anything new. This has been, it wasn't until, I mean, why is it now just hitting? And I think uh, I think that that is the reason, the the name, because honestly, the way that, the way news is these days, when you have a a, a story like a Sandusky or a Nasser and things like that. You know, um, all the every single time there's another terrible story in the news, it, it it lessens the impact of those stories. Okay, so sometimes you might get a story like uh, with Dr. Anderson, and people kind of like, oh yeah, another another uh, trusted individual is doing terrible things. Oh hum, but you throw in the name Beckler to it, and now that that okay, now the story's got some even more. It has more legs, and more and more people are talking about. It. So there's that. Um. <clears throat> After talking about it, I did, um, I did get correspondence from a, uh, a person who has worked with Beckler. His name is Dr. Jim. And um, Dr. Jim Berry, he's out of South Carolina. And I asked him if I could read this. And he said, absolutely. And he writes this. Eric saw your post on Facebook regarding the ongoing situation in Michigan. I also listened to the discussion on Thursday's show. We'll listen in to today's discussion later tonight. While I completely agree that doc, what Dr. Anderson did was criminal, and he should have never been allowed to continue doing what he did for three decades or longer, I did want to offer some context as I worked with Michigan football during the 1980s as a student athletic trainer while attending Michigan. I graduated in 1989. I also knew Bo personally and had many interactions with him during my time at Michigan one of which involved him calling me into his office when he learned my father had suffered a near-fatal heart attack. He offered his care and concern and made himself available if, needed, if I needed his help with anything. Bo on the football field and around the football facility could be and was incredibly intense and intimidating with his players and staff. He demanded the best out of everyone in the program, not just his players. This was his this was the style back in his heyday as it was with paterno woody hayes etc taking him his daily pack of chewing gum for practice every day during the fall of 1985 i also know that he could be incredibly gracious friendly interested in your role and concerned about your well-being now in regards to the situation at hand i don't know i don't know what Bo knew and what he didn't know and by the way out of all of this that sentence right there is what he does, Dr. Jim doesn't know. Okay. He's just telling us what he knows about Bo from his personal interactions. He may, he may very well have known, but I also know that Bo grew up and worked in a different time, and how men like him and Woody Hayes, etc., dealt with stuff like this, then is not how we deal with it today. That does not excuse him ignoring it, if he, in fact, did. And since he's long deceased, I don't know how we can ever know for sure what he may or may not have known. I pause right there. Yeah. Um, For me, the idea that 10-year-old Matt Schembeckler comes out and says this and we have a long history of people saying that they told bo from Kwiatkowski to giovanni uh, uh what's the other guy's name giovanni johnson saying yeah we 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 told bo we've got numerous examples now of Shem beckler according to them saying these things and for me i don't know i just have i have a real problem in uh with people just trying to uh, take their words and say you're a liar. I don't believe that that happened. I believe that those guys are telling the truth, all of them. So when you say, Dr. Jim, I don't know how we can ever know, we can know because we can listen to these people. Are you telling me they would go out of their way and, and, and announce to the world just to for, for what reason we can only guess would want to destroy this man's name about Bo knowing that the doctor put his finger up these guys' asses? Come on. I don't know how we can ever know for sure what he may or may not have known. All we can do is speculate and choose to believe people like Matt Schembeckler and Giovanni when they say he was told. But like Harbaugh, the Bo Schembeckler I know is not the one that I am reading about today. That, by the way, is all Jim is saying as well. I was at Michigan while Jim played, and I know him as well. I can also tell you with 100% certainty that in all the days and hours I spent in the football building and medical suite at what was then called the sports service building. uh, I I think it's called Schembeckler Hall now. I never once heard or was privy to these allegations. And again, I work with many of the players at that time who now say things happened, including Giovanni. I also know that I myself was examined by Dr. Anderson on several occasions for various medical issues as we were able to use those services as student trainers. And Anderson never attempted any type of behavior like that with me. Perhaps it's because he knew I would know it was uh, inappropriate. I don't know. As I and many other people who were associated with the program over the years told the investigators when we were contacted... We had no earthly idea these things had been happening during our tenure at the university. So again, I am not excusing the criminal and abhorrent behavior of Dr. Anderson or any culpability Coach Schembechler or other university coaches, staff, etc. may have had in not reporting the abuse. But I think it's vitally important to recognize that for every person that may have known what was going on, There were just as many or more who had regular contact with Dr. Anderson and those he abused who had absolutely no idea these things were happening. I can tell you without a doubt, and as the son of a county sheriff at the time, had I been aware of it at that time, it would have been reported immediately. The university certainly owes it to the victims to apologize publicly and provide whatever restitution the courts deem appropriate. As for how Bo's legacy statue's name on Schembechler Hall is dealt with, I just don't know what the answer is. I do. Rip him down. Take the fucking name off. Continue to be well. Keep up the great work on the podcast And my regards to the queen, queen of the forest as she continues to recover from her so, uh, shoulder surgery. Signed, Dr. Jim Barry. He's got a lot of initials after his name. I think this is a very educated individual. I don't think he's like a witch doctor. So a little bit of context there. I don't think for me, you know, um, like I indicated uh, when jumping in during the reading of that, I still think this guy is 100. I think that Beckler this is what I think happened. I don't know what what it is about people like Beckler, And I think that uh, if I agree with anything with Dr. Barry, it's the, the, uh, we're dealing with the 1960s and 1970s. Okay. Uh, First of all. Ah, uh, Shemi Schenbeckler, which is the younger natural uh, biological son of Bo, is ten years younger than Matt Schenbeckler. Matt Schenbeckler was ten years old when this incident happened. Shemi was either zero years old or very like like a few months old when this all went down. So the it, it, the, the timelines don't match up. So all right, Ah uh, Shemi Schenbeckler indicting uh, indicting his son his uh, his brother Matt, who was adopted, said, "Oh yeah, he's, you know that's bullshit," you know. You weren't fucking there, and then for Matt Schembeckler to say all these things—I uh, mean, Bo—ten years later, by the time um, um, uh, Shemi Schembeckler is ten years old now, and Matt is twenty. I mean, a lot has changed in that time. And you look—if you go out, fast forward to the 1980s when Jim Harbaugh and Dr. Jim is there—that's that's a—that's that's more than a decade, okay. Um, these, these, uh, this Kwiatkowski and Giovanni, we're talking about the late seventies, early eighties. And I mean, well, well, Giovanni was kind of about the same time as Dr. Jim Barry. And I mean, there's just a lot of, it isn't like there's, this is going to be well publicized that this doctor is going around and sticking his finger at people's asses. You know, some of these guys are going to keep that quiet. There's a lot of, there could be a lot of hush, hush things going on here. I just find it incredibly difficult to believe. I do not believe for one second that any of this was just fabricated out of thin air about who knew what and what happened. I believe it all. I trust these people and what they say. Listening to their words was heartbreaking, and it must be um, accredited to the truth. It has to be because I just I don't I don't believe that people would put themselves out there after they've had a a, a lifetime of heartache and pain. To suddenly just uh, make this shit up out of thin air. I've got grown men in their sixties in front of uh, cameras crying uh, like like that. I mean, that is that is a very very difficult thing to do, and I can't even uh, imagine the pain that they've suffered. These guys have had a lifetime of having to deal with this, and it's made uh, relationships very very difficult for him. Quietkowski, is like I don't even go to doctors because I am so I I so don't trust them, which puts his health in jeopardy. So this has been a what a what a fucking terrible thing that has happened here, but I just wanted to add that and go back from that uh, from uh, what we talked about because uh Dr. Jim did provide some insight, but to me it still doesn't uh it does not add up all right. I will be on Patreon coming up at 11 a.m., and I want you there. Patreon.com, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. If you're not already on Patreon, please consider it. It helps keep the show growing, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Eric Zane. More content for you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday, with the Patreon bonus. Not to mention, smarter than a former drug dealer trivia, the Insane Asylum, the Lost Zane Recordings, which another new episode just dropped today from WBBL back in the day, 2016. And then uh, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, which we had a hell of a good time this week uh, on Friday. Was that Friday? Yeah, was it, we did it at like 3.30 in the afternoon or some shit like that. Uh, join me on Patreon. You, uh, you keep the podcast growing, and I really, really appreciate it. So join me on Patreon, patreon.com slash eric zane then uh, a couple of words for my friends at horizon hydroponics if you're growing anything call upon them for their expertise on any type of uh, fertilizers soils anything you need for the person uh if you have a green thumb or anybody in your life who does have a green thumb horizon hydroponics four brick and mortar locations on alpine and grand rapids Uh, growers outlet in byron center michigan kalamazoo and lansing and you can have it shipped anywhere in the USA if you buy it online. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N, hydroponics.com. Use the coupon code Zane Show at checkout. It'll save you 10%. By the way, all my sponsors, of course, are available on ericszanshow.com. Uh, and just click on the uh, sponsor scroll. The logo's kind of move through. Just click on it and take you right to their website if you need any further information on any one of the great sponsors that support this program. Like Cornhole America. I was telling a a new friend of mine over the weekend, I go, yeah, I have one of my sponsors uh, just made a set of cornhole boards for himself one day. And through word of mouth, he started building them out of his barn like 10, 15 years ago. And now this is his business. He's one of the uh, most prolific uh, manufacturers of uh, uh, customized cornhole boards in the United States. CornholeAmerica.com. Put them to work for you and put anything you want onto a set of cornhole boards. Anything you want. You give them the design. They can either make it for you you can send it uh, to them, and they can put it on the set of boards for you. It's that simple. High-quality, high-end cornhole boards. These aren't the garbage ones you pick up at the department store. These are going to last a lifetime. You will never need another set of cornhole boards. Custom-made bags, too, with either synthetic material or actual corn inside of the bags. Okay. And if you're thinking about uh, putting on a fundraiser to raise money for uh, something near and dear to you, ask uh, my friends at Cornhole America how to do that. They can take care of all of the legwork about uh, getting your fundraiser up and running. And you get to keep the boards too. Cornholeamerica.com, sending cornhole boards to anywhere in the USA online at cornholeamerica.com. Okay. Let's go over what we've talked about. The asshole of the day is coming your way. Brought to you by, of course, J.M. Synthetics online at jmsynthetics.com and my friends at TC Paintball, tcpaintballgr.com. At a big cookout, we had uh, another. Uh, it was kind of a iffy experience with the stupid uh, Weber charcoal grill. I still suck at it. Uh, we're looking forward to Meathead's Father's Day extravaganza with shish Kebab Bar. Harbor Humane, love them. We got a new cat visiting the house. That would be Blackbeard the Pirate. We cannot forget about the uh, the, the, uh, uh, continuing saga of trying to get in shape and beating my pal Mike Ball in the Grand Rapids Half Marathon. Talked about that a little bit. We got uh, the guy Michael Packard being eaten, well, inside of the mouth of the whale. I still can't believe that happened. We talked to the eyewitness who helped pluck him out of the water, Captain Joe Jeffrey Tubin. My god. That unbelievable event of them saying, "Hey, so what were you thinking when you uh when you were masturbating?" That was just so damn awkward. Incredible moment right there. Uh And where is my damn marker? Oh, there it is okay and uh then of course we read the email from uh, dr jim concerning bo Schembeckler. all right so the asshole of the day i kind of agree with some of you who were saying this is a bit much uh cnn I don't know. It was just a little bit heavy-handed, I thought. Maybe that was Tubin's idea. Maybe he wanted to do it. Maybe he felt it was uh, something he wanted to express to people. But uh, CNN, I think they are the assholes of the day for putting that dude up on the fucking stand like that. That was rough. Holy shit. All right. Uh, So there you go, folks. That's going to do it for the Eric St. Show podcast for this, the 14th of June. Yeah, that's right. And thank you to uh, Bork Bork from Sweden for being part of the show today. Okay, folks, you have a good one. And I will will talk to you in just a little bit. We have the uh, Patreon bonus coming up at 11 a.m. my time. Have a good one, folks. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.